Welcome back to High School Backups Podcast, episode 26. I am clearly not Nick. Nick is doing errands with oh, Nick right, right, right now. He's oh, moving. Nick, you changed your hair. Nick, you're so handsome. But welcome back, guys. We, li- we are thankful for everybody out there listening right now. Again, I say it is episode 26 of High School Backups Podcast. Make sure you go follow the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, all at high hey, school um, backups pod. All at high school backups. Of, speaking of the Twitter, I think oh, we yeah. have some uh, big we news just, there. We uh, just hit 1,000 followers on Twitter. It's officially half a year of doing it for everybody. We're out here killing it. That's what I'm talking about. Very quickly to open up, we're going to yeah. do some league-wide different sport news before we get into our fantasy sleepers and guys you should stay away from in your fantasy drafts. This is all based on ESPN average draft position. First and foremost, biggest news of the day, Kevin Durant rescinded his trade request from the Nets. He will be a Brooklyn Net at least for the beginning of the season. I doubt they don't trade him at some point, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm going to turn it over to Austin for some MLB and eSport news. Actually, he... There he is. What's up? There he is. <laughs> All right, Austin, we're turning it over to you for some esports and MLB today, dog. Go awesome. for it. Awesome. So, first thing is just that uh, BDS for esports won the Rocket League Championship uh, tournament in, well, I think it was in LA, correct, Justin? I think you were following that too. I think it was in LA this year. Yeah. Um, so, it was, I think, at the YouTube, like, complex, I forget where, exactly the name of the studio out there. Um, but anyways, energy uh, came in, I think it was 8th or 7th. Um, I can actually pull that up, but um, Dignit- I'm not Dignitas. BDS beat um, G2 in a – I mean, it was kind of a close, but they ended up beating them in the end by, I think it was a score of 4-2 to two in the get best of 7, or it was 4-1 to one actually might have been. Um, so that was a good good series. Um uh, unfortunate that my team energy could not make it. Um, if you guys want to check out the rest of that, you can go check out the rest of that bracket and see how the top eight finished out on championship Sunday. That was two Sundays ago now, or not this Sunday from this week, but the one before that. So, um, that's the news from there. Any other esports news that any of you guys want to talk on? Uh, the, I know the, um, what was the call of duty championship was the weekend before that as well. So mm-hmm. I don't remember what, what happened with that. I think, I think optic might have won that i think that's what it was i think optic won um sure 100 thieves i or i've, I've been hearing 100 thieves you might be right about that um mm-hmm. i will bring that up in a second after i talk about some mlb news but if there's nothing else that you guys mm-hmm. want to touch on with esports um we're kind of dabbling in that right now uh, we might get into that more if you guys want us to do that comment down below hit us up on twitter any of our socials and let us know what you guys want to see as topics going forward what you guys want us to cover you want the traditional sports you want us to kind of branch out and do more things like cricket i don't know i mean whatever you all like covering world cups so yeah we'll get the soccer covered but that's soccer yeah you know but we don't really talk about it as much that's true that's true we don't we need to branch Um, out to some lacrosse boys that's what we really need on this. well i can actually branch out real quick so in terms of professional dungeons and dragons uh critical (laughs) role came out with episode 31 they just dropped a whole bunch of lore and their fun cute little robot just turned into skynet so for that 
potentially negative one person out there that knows my critical role. Thank you very much. Oh my I can't god. I can't say negative one person. Awesome. Give me the MLB news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we got some news. Thank you, man. Again. Chicken delivered to me. Yeah, so I was about to say Austin just got his dinner delivered. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm, you can't ask for a better wife than that. Um, so <laughs> also you weren't getting any. You already had your dinner. Shut up back there. Um, yeah, I have a golden retriever like breathing heavily on my thigh right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Yankees are going for a third win tonight in a row, which sadly is only their second one since like the beginning of July or something crazy like that. It's like literally yesterday after they won two in a row was like the first time they had won two in a row in like a month and a half to two months. So that was a good thing, finally. Um, yeah, they were like what, 10 and 20 in their last 30 games? Uh, in July, I mean in August, coming into the night, they are six for four. No, six for Six for twenty, six for fourteen, something between six and fifteen and six and twenty. I don't know. Oh. Listen, um, as a disappointed Red Sox fan, all I can say is we are banded together watching the Yankees. <laughs> That's really all <laughs> at this point. Our season's yep. over, so we just band together and watch the Yankees burn. And that's what sports about is that. all about. Like have it's awful true. Yeah, have terrible team fan bases just just bond and suffer together. <laughs> I mean, when it's all you care about is that your rival's sucking. That's it, really. It's like if you're having a bad season, like, and the Yankees aren't having a bad season, they're having a bad stretch. But um, the good thing is they built themselves a 15 game lead pretty early so they could weather a stretch like this. Um, I've looked at all their stats. There's no way, okay, uh, you know what? I'm not going to look because I'm not going to be the one that jinxes that, but there shouldn't be a case where they continue the astronomically terrible numbers they had been doing up until these last two games even then they weren't great um so we'll see what happens anyways moving on uh the red Sox are continuing to be just as bad as they were so that's a good thing um the hope for us to be larger than 15 games is still alive because it's 14 and a half right now depending on what happens tonight um and then in other news we've got stuff like different injuries and things there's not a ton of stuff so i'm just going to talk about the races quickly um dodgers are just creaming everybody it's not even like close they're just they nice. are what they we put them to be they're actually close to on pace now to break the record that's how good they're playing um so the yankees for a while looked like they had a chance to take the all-time record and the dodgers are now at 700 per uh win percent on the season which they need like just a couple more wins to get on pace to to beat that so um that's it's crazy insane. they are playing insane they're at 80 84 and 36 i think or something like that so it's insane they are playing out of their minds and yeah so they're they're leading the uh nl and all of baseball with the best record best they have the most score uh points scored and the least amount of runs let in and they have a 260 something or 250 something uh run differential which is insane um this early in the season it's just it's it's stupid like the yankees are at 180 to 90 and that's still really good which is why it's stupid that they're having so many losses recently but they were over 200 at one point but it just shows you how much better the dodgers are than everybody right now the astros are still uh they're actually doing okay they've been like up and down but just a little better than the Yankees. So there are a few games. I think there are three games ahead of them for the best record in the AL, um, which mm-hmm. I think is super important because I don't want to go play the Astros 
at home for four games, that's just not going to be good for the Yankees or anybody that for that matter. Um, and then you've got the Mets uh, who are playing the Yankees tonight. They lost last night. If the Yankees take this one, the Mets and Yankees will split the season series. Um, in other news, the Cardinals, let's talk about Albert Pujols. He is uh, at 692, three, three right after last three. night, 693. So he is seven home runs away from uh, mm. getting to 700, which is, I, I hope he does. That is just amazing if he can do that. And he, this is actually, if I look, saw the correct tweet today, he has had, this is his best stretch. Like, I forget how long it's like, what is it since the All-Star break? Three weeks now, right? Something like that. Three weeks um, or maybe four now. Yeah. In his career, this is the best three to four week stretch of his entire career. Let that sink in. That's insane. Is what full almost forty or is he? He's a forty. Yeah. He's, he's somewhere around the age of 40. He's been Um, playing baseball since we were born. Yeah, pretty much. He's 42. And 42, He's that's 42. what I thought. So just to let you guys think about this, um, he has – how many home runs does he have since the All-Star break? I wish I had this tweet up in front of me. He has – as far as I know, he has more home runs than Aaron Judge right now since the All-Star break, which is insane because Judge for like a while there after the All-Star break was hitting one literally like every game. Um, he has a higher OPS. He has more RBIs. Um, and in this same stretch, I saw it. The only ones that have the same amount of across the stats, OPS, RBIs, home runs, all that stuff, um, is, uh, Barry Bonds over the same time frame, um, in any season, uh, Willie Mays. And I can't remember who the other one was. He is just literally... No, it was somebody else. I forget who it was. It wasn't like one of the other big hitters like that. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was Mark McGuire. It was somebody else. But um, anyways. Not, not a big it, deal. It's mm-hmm. insane the numbers he's putting up over this last like three months. No, not three months. Uh, three weeks to a, to a month. And I hope he can continue this because if he does, I mean, this, this is going to be an amazing finish for them. They're going to need him because they will probably make the playoffs. Um, right now, if it ended, they would be. Also, Jordan Montgomery, thanks to the stupid Yankees trading away at the last second of the deadline, has literally been the best pitcher since the deadline, or second best, sorry, in, in, in ERA. And, <laughs> pitch, and pitched for the first time in his in his career a complete game and was one hit from a perfect game. <laughs> I oh mean, I can't, I can't. The Yankees, Cashman, literally after the trade goes, well, we think that Montgomery's going to have less value over the next two seasons than the guy they just traded for. I was like, what? He's a center fielder. There's nothing better than pitching. It's it's baseball. The most valuable people on the uh, on the field are the pitchers. Mm-hmm. Like It's been proven for the last <laughs> years yep. almost, baseball, and, and we're going to say it's whatever. Anyways, that's basically all the huge news that I can think of. You know, We'll talk about more stuff as it gets closer to it, so... And mm-hmm. since we're done, Kyle, I know you have some NHL news. Then Steven's got some reports from Patriots camp. I do have a little bit. So um, biggest trade that happened last – well, not trade, a uh, free agent sign. The biggest free agent that was left on the NHL market was Nazem Kadri. Um, and he just signed with the Calgary Flames, and I think it was for eight years, $7.5 million, which is pretty big for Nazem Kadri. Uh, but I think the biggest thing about all of that is the Calgary Flames – went from being a cup contender last year to losing their two superstars to being a bottom-ranked team uh, 
to then becoming a cup contender in the matter of two weeks again. So they lost their top scorer, Johnny Goudreau, in free agency. They traded away their second top scorer, Matthew Kachuk. And then they lost their top defenseman, Eric Branson. And then they just signed Nazem Kadri and then traded for Jonathan Huberdeau, who is just who is better than Matthew Kachuk. So to me, it just blows my mind how the Flames have gone from something to nothing to something again in a matter of like two months. I don't like, and it takes some teams. It takes teams years to rebuild. The Flames did it in the span of a month. <laughs> like, I, like, well, it took the Rangers only three, which is actually still pretty phenomenal to do. It take, it's taken the Flyers fucking twelve, especially so, in I mean, New York. Style, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. You went from an awful franchise to a not as terrible franchise. You're doing so good. Thanks. <laughs> Kyle, is that it on NHL news? Yeah, that's all I got. All right, Steve, give me some reports from Patriots camp. I I got some reports from Patriots camp. As many people have heard, our second-round pick, Thornton, unfortunately uh, has a shoulder injury. It was a collarbone collarbone injury. Expected to only be out a couple of weeks, which is very good. He showed some promise uh, in our first preseason game against, uh, I think it was a... minor league AAF team or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, Oh, the Giants. I got this mixed up all the time. (laughs) And Patriots had joint practices uh, last week with the Panthers. And the report is, one, after a couple of very chippy fights, uh, unfortunately, the Patriots offensive line was not doing great. The Panthers do have a decent pass rush, but considering he might be traveling to Green Bay, dealing with the Browns, it's not very promising. Mac Jones definitely did struggle for in his preseason debut. Even with a beautiful throw, the Nelson Aguilar has been doing great. But Aguilar and uh, Devontae Parker have been showing that they've been able to, to stretch the field really well, which is good. And then we have Jalen Mills is showing some real promise. I mean, he shut down DJ Moore for most of their time. Uh, during joint practices, which is going good. He's going up against Devontae Adams this week. They are practicing with the Raiders, so hopefully we'll get some more reports. I can. My idea is I'll probably find some reports and send them to Jake and we maybe tweet them out just to kind of get kind of get the news out there, what's going on. But, you know, Patriots are still showing some struggle. Damian Harris and uh, Stevenson are definitely showing some promise as running backs, but they're trying to get uh, Stevenson to catch the ball more, kind of like James White. But, and Montgomery has been shining, and our offensive guard, Strange, has shown flashes of it. He's still young, but there's definitely some potential there with development. But, you know, Patriots have, we still have a really tough season coming with this AFC that we have to fight against. That's a fact. I did hear mm-hmm. that we uh, struggled today against the Raiders, but it was mm-hmm. a bad day. Apparently mm-hmm. in sevens it wasn't going well, but the uh, when it was 11 on 11s in joint practices today, the Patriots came out on fire, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah, move I, right along. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, that's okay. I think definitely on 11 on 11s, what I'm really concerned about is seeing how the offensive line holds up against like Chan- Chandler Jones, but also how our secondary can do. This is a good test for our secondary how they can match up against an offense with Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, and, of course, Devontae Adams. Kind of see how – because we have pieces together that look 
more better equipped for zones. So I have a feeling we're seeing how we can run a zone with so many pieces like that running around. But it's a good test for us, but we'll see how this week goes. That's a fact. We're going to move right along here into our fantasy sleepers and guys you should stay away from in your fantasy draft section. <clears throat> Long stay away section. from Devontae Adams. Not good. <laughs> Not good. Zero <laughs> shot. Yeah. No, uh, long-winded name, but it's going to be a beautiful segment. I put together a list based on ESPN's uh, average draft position rankings. Guys mm-hmm. that I think are better than what they're being drafted at right now. Guys I think you should stay away from. And I've got 12 sleepers and 10 guys you should just not draft if you're going to have to draft mm-hmm. them that high. And y'all can just roast me if you think the list is off, mm-hmm. or you can tell me that I did a good job here. Mm-hmm. So this is going to go in order of the average draft position, except for my last two honorable mention sections. I did 10, two honorable mentions in the sleeper section. First mm-hmm. up, average draft position for Kyle Pitts. Absolute sleeper. He's going at 34. Ooh. In a 12-man league, that's late third round. If you're getting a talent with the upside of Kyle Pitts in the second or third last pick of the third round, the football gods have favored you. Mm. I'm just going to say you that right now. He's a top mm. three tight end with the upside of being the number one tight end in fantasy football, considering how much he catches. Obviously, his problem is quarterback. I mean, he's got Desmond Ritter and Mar- Marcus Mariota on the roster. And hey, Desmond Ritter, not I slander Marcus Mariota. Listen, mm. Marcus Mariota is a good bridge quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback in the league. And yep. I had Desmond Ritter rated as the fifth best quarterback in this draft, and I don't love his skill set. Other people do. You can agree with me or tell me I'm an idiot. It's fine. He's definitely a very good uh, flex option depending on the week because you, he he's definitely the kind of player that he has a lot of potential. And the Falcons, he, he's definitely going to be great, I think, late season because you have a lot of teams facing the Falcons. Either they're just going to be fighting for draft capital or you have uh, high C teams that are probably going to take them as seriously, and that those are it's definitely not games they're going to win, but these are matchups that they'll probably play a lot softer, and that can give Kyle Pitts the ability to really go off. So I actually like him as a sleeper. Well, here's sure. the thing: is in a PPR league, I'm assuming that Kyle Pitts is going to have at least 12 targets a game, considering he's the mm-hmm. first he's the first pass catching option in Atlanta, especially with Drake mm-hmm. London out for the first few weeks. I know he's sustained an injury. I think he's out the first couple weeks of the year. So mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts can essentially be plugged and played into the tight end one slot if you have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or your flex option if you have those two, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. My, sec- my second sleeper on this list with an average draft position of 37 is actually A.J. Brown. He's going behind some other bigger-name wide receivers, but for the first time in his life, he finds himself in a offense that actually utilizes the pass game instead of being stuck in Tennessee where all they do is run the ball. Justifiably mm-hmm. so. Derrick Henry's an absolute animal. But... He's coming out of the Tennessee Titans system. Yes, he's got Jalen Hurts as his quarterback, which doesn't help his stock, but he's a bona fide wide receiver one going in the fourth round of 12-man leagues. If you get A.J. Brown in the fourth round, that's an absolute steal. So that's just one of the people you need to keep your eye on. And then, again, another wide receiver one. This one actually got a significant upgrade at quarterback. Terry McLaurin is going average draft position of 41 a few spots behind A.J. Brown. Mm -hmm. With an yeah. actual quarterback for the first time in his career, uh, with a subpar running game in Washington. Um, hold on. Oh, and arguably the Alex best quarterback Smith. in the division. What, Kyle? He had Alex Smith. 
An old Alex Smith coming off an injury. We love the Alex Smith story. He's a warrior, but he wasn't Alex Smith when he was playing with the Commanders. Yeah, he wasn't. As much as I, I got to agree that, like, definitely Alex Smith has had incredible flashes before. Yeah, he was near the end of his career. Really, it was him coming back just for the sake of the story, unfortunately. He was but basically on a peg leg. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, it's amazing that he didn't have that amputated, but that's kind of what it was like. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Alex Smith played well, but he wasn't oh, yeah. the same. I thought he played with Terry McLaurin before the injury. No. No. Unless it was, like, the first few weeks he of did. Terry McLaurin's no. career. Did he? No. no. Alex Terry? Smith got hurt his first season in Washington. Yeah, like four weeks I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold <laughs> no, Dak's the best quarterback in that division. Yep. I I am high on Carson Wentz, and the highest you can put him is QB2. I don't love yeah. Dak Prescott, but he's the best quarterback in that division. And I'll give it to uh, – I mean, the thing, too, with Carson Wentz is he's definitely a gunslinger, too. And so when you have – and also, I mean, you have a very – you actually have a very underrated uh, receiving core, especially with Curtis Samuel in there. And then was it Logan Thomas, their tight end at the same time. They actually have – you know, a passing attack that actually might be able to take a little bit of pressure off of Terry as well. They also and drafted uh, Jahan Dotson in the first round, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, yes. I actually think the commander's passing attack is going to be very good. Uh, Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin's just going to spearhead it. Yep. Again, yeah, looking at a guy who's going to – too. Exactly. Play him against it's the like Giants. He's going to get a lot of points. Line stuff, he'll be – Again, Terry's going to be a guy that averages 10 to 12 targets a game. There's no reason mm-hmm. to not draft him higher than 41. And if you're getting him at 41, you're absolutely lucky. And play him against the Giants. He's going to get plenty of targets <laughs> in that awful secondary. <laughs> Awful. Okay, it's oh my bad, God. but it's not this that is, bad. This is Easy. not what we're. Do- this is not what we're doing right now, boys. I'm not doing it. Got his ass. I'm here for it. Mm. <laughs> Kyle, the Giants suck. <laughs> the Patriots suck. That's just not true. <laughs> the nope. Patriots made the Let's playoffs. Let's go. Let's see. Six times. They won't them. this year. Mm. They yeah, won't they make it this year. Kyle. No, yeah, Kyle. Doubting Bill Belichick has never gone well for. What him. do you want to put on this, Kyle? We'll talk right. after. Austin. Yeah, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. after. Speaking of Put Dak, two cases on it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Deal. Deal. <laughs> Speaking of Dak Prescott, his former wide receiver Amari Cooper has an average draft position of seventy-eight. That is, I think, mid seventh round in your fantasy drafts, and he is basically the only pass catching target in Cleveland. Even mm-hmm. without Deshaun Watson, he's essentially the only target, so I don't know why he's not going higher than that. Yeah. If you can scoop Amari Cooper in the seventh round, you've got a very, very good wide receiver, too, for your championship fantasy football team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I agree. I don't know if I can agree with that, Jake. Why? What's up, Kyle? Give me it. I, I understand your thought process with him being the only, like, target there. But regardless who their QB is for the first 11 weeks, Jacoby Brissett could, cannot throw well. And then it's Josh Rosen, who's his backup. And, like, mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett has flashes. Like, I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is an excellent backup. Like, jo- Jacoby Brissett is amazing. I, I like I being a backup, not, like, a superstar. But, like, I don't think he's going to be able to bring out the Amari Cooper that we know. I like I just don't So here's the thing about your analysis, Kyle. I've watched Jacoby Brissett yeah. a lot 
He played for the Patriots. He played a couple games for the Patriots, and I watched him when he started for the Colts. He really likes to throw to his top targets. Like, a lot. (laughs) Like, I can see Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett in the game getting 15 targets out of 25 passes thrown. (laughs) And that means he probably has 8 to 12 catches a game, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And the other thing too, you have when you have such a good running game as well, definitely because he's a very a good easier. route runner. Makes it a lot easier. You can play action pass a lot more, and you can have Amari Cooper run some pretty nasty slants, maybe some in cuts, but then you can just go for play action, give him a good throw, and then be able to block downfield as well if possible. Even just set him up for screens and everything too. I mean, so they can. Sorry, go ahead, Steven. I didn't mean to No, no, no. I was pretty much done. You're good. Okay. I don't I, I mean he could run into the same problem that AJ Brown had in Tennessee where it's really run dominant, so I can see your point, Kyle. But mm. at average draft position seventy eight, again, if he's in there in the mid to late seventh round, I think actually it's mid eighth. It's like six pick mm. in the eighth round. I'm probably taking Amari Cooper. <laughs> oh yeah. Even if I yeah. gotta even if I have to draft and stash him until week eleven when Deshaun gets back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, know, go ahead, guys. You know what? Cleveland, who I think actually might be a sleeper, though, is David Njoku. Yes. I could, Dude, I could see that. People's Jones. Can't sleep on Donovan Peoples Jones. Peoples Jones. So, I think this, this could be his breakout season for him. Mm-hmm. I do have um, a similar to Donovan Peoples Jones for one of the yeah. ones I don't know about later, that. but I don't know about mm-hmm. that one, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sleep on him. <laughs> No, he'll do what he did last year. Just have that like one game for like a hundred yards, two touchdowns, every, like twice as long a year. As you pick him up for the one game. Exactly. Same mm-hmm. thing with Njoku. Yeah. That's the thing. Njoku has been around for what five years now with them, and he's done every year. It's his breakout year. Every year it's his breakout year. Come on, this, at some point it's not. It's just not. It's not. It's not. I'm not saying he's going to break out. That I'm saying he's been... a sleeper. That could have been more a Baker Mayfield thing, too. He just ten- hasn't tended to throw to tight ends a lot. I know that Austin Where's... Cooper was okay, but he tends to favor outside receivers. True. Who did they Where's, have before? Where's Njoku going before Blake, right now? Baker too. They, had, they had Austin Hooper and Njoku at the same time, essentially. Yeah. Njoku, Njoku and Baker, I think, have always played together. Who was their yeah. quarterback the year before Baker? Because I can't remember. Some known. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. Deshaun Kaiser. I think you're right. It was him. It was him and no, Tyrod wasn't there, was he? RG3. I'm pretty sure Tyrod was. I'm pretty sure Tyrod was there. Tyrod was there. And uh, I think what is it? Brock Osweiler. But he was there. Oh yeah. No, guys, it was a lot of quarterbacks, and they all don't care. It was they all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who else you got, Jake? Before we continue, though, Go ahead. Njoku, his average draft position is 157, which means he's going in the late 16th round, which in most drafts is your last pick. I would totally take Njoku for that okay. tight end position as your last pick there. Where is he you, getting... can take other, you can take other wide receivers and running backs, even a couple, even a star kid. If you were just, most people take tight ends like in the 10th, 11th, 12th round there. That, that You can reach for a good kicker like Justin Tucker or 
Evan McPherson mm-hmm. this year. And that's where yep. and you can get a star powered kicker there when most people would be taking their tight end. So if you're waiting for the sixteenth round where most people like to take their random ass sleeper that probably mm-hmm. will just drop get dropped after week two and they can get Njoku who's probably gonna get a solid five to eight targets a game. Listen, yep. unless you're taking one of the top four tight ends and Kelsey Kittle Andrews or Kyle Pitts, yeah, you're absolutely right about the tight end stuff, Kyle. Yeah, but no, obviously, if you're taking Andrew, if obviously you're taking one of the superstar yeah. tight ends in the top five rounds, you're not looking for a tight end in the eighth or lower, obviously. No, but I'm just like, but I'm saying, like, if you're not doing that, no, I like, know, even if no, I know, like, yeah, but moving on to a player on my favorite team who's dropping like nobody's business for no reason. Oh, this I man was this is... the 14th ranked running back in fantasy football last year, and he is at ADP 100. Oh. We're talking like mid-eighth round for Damian Harris. That's first, fine with me. First off, my Such favorite player on the Patriots right now because I'm kind of old school. I love running backs. It's just what I do. And mm. I mean – this man was the 14th ranked fantasy running back last year. Yeah, you're probably not expecting him to have another 15 touchdowns, especially splitting with Ramondre Stevenson. But the Patriots offense hasn't changed that much. His production nope. should continue, and he's a steal in that mid-eighth. And he averages mm-hmm. almost five yards a carry. Absolutely. You can almost... like. And at the I, can, same, oh, I can smell a fantasy championship right now. <laughs> the other thing, too, is you can also, with the Patriots <laughs> offense, you can almost predict when he's going to do really well. Because if you see a week where, oh, Stevenson went off that week, it's like, all right, cool. Then most likely Damian Harris might be featured in the next in the next game as well. So you can almost predict, depending on which running back did, when you can sit him or when you can play him as well. Well, plus, if he's going that low, it means that you can take another running back that will probably be the feature back. You take that high. Oh, yeah. No, then... Damian Harris is your RB, too. He's not your RB. Yeah. But... Or, or even possibly a flex if you're good enough to get two high RBs. And then now you've got him for when you know there's going to be a like terrible rush defense. You play him that week and say, okay, I'm playing on the upside that page uh, the pages offense is going to be fine. Like, and they're going to go off like, you know, someone like a Jets team of last year where they scored 53 points on him. Like, when you see that week coming, you just put him in and say, okay, yeah, I'm guessing mm-hmm. at least touchdown and uh, maybe a close to 100 yards. Austin, and at the same time, taking the same approach that I do with PPR running backs, rotation, yeah. baby, unless you have Derrick Henry or one of the top ones. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I had to do is because with Nick Chubb being injured last year, I had him, Damian Harris, and Aaron Jones, and I was able to kind of rotate them. Or you can get lucky and somebody, by possibly by the name of Andrew, would be like, can I give you Tyree Kill for Damian Harris? And it's like, <laughs> okay, that also works. <laughs> Hey, if, oh uh, if you were God. playing keepers, I would have kept Damian Harris in a heartbeat for that. That's true. That's a, that's that's a pretty especially if you high if you got a higher draft pick as well. That's a smart keep. Yeah. All right, boys. Moving mm. on. How did to... you not win last year, Steve? He got How robbed. He got robbed. He got. I got robbed. robbed. Trust me. <laughs> I took Trust this me. Week, down. His last week, he got robbed because all of his starters basically were sitting out. Yep. Because <laughs> you also just... had Cooper Cup. Oh my god. Cooper Cup. We don't need to we don't need to get it. We don't need to that was that was really embarrassing. I I had Cooper Cup, Kyle. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. Listen, I thought Robert Woods would be better. Listen. (sighs) The fact that you thought that. (laughs) Why? How is that a bad Because not one year (laughs) did Cooper Cup look worse. Since they've been together, not one year did he look worse. And he come off an ACL. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, Kyle, it's we'll okay. We'll get into this it's another okay. time. It was a bad, yes. It was a bad trade. We all make them. It's fine. Tune I, in for our, our our draft special when we when we do our oh, yes, drafting Saturday, Saturday, because we're gonna that. roast Kyle. Episode on Saturday. We're gonna do roast Kyle. That. We will be live on Saturday with almost our entire fantasy football group doing another special for you. We'll be doing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. We won't miss a beat. It's gonna be awesome. Y'all mm-hmm. should tune in on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Moving on to a, I've got a string of running backs here, uh, including Damian Harris. A guy, again, who performed really well last year that I'm surprised he's going this low. Cordero Patterson's average draft position is 91. Mm-hmm. He shot onto the fantasy scene last year, especially in PPR leagues, because of the way the Falcons' offense had to be run. And again, mm-hmm. it hasn't changed that much. They've added Drake London and added Marcus Mariota. And with Mariota being kind of similar to Matt Ryan with the throwing styles where he likes to keep it short, use those screens out of the backfield, swing it to his running back, I don't understand why Cordero Patterson's value has dropped. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was a top 15 running back in fantasy last year. It could have been higher than that. There's no uh, reason he, for him to be going as low as Damian Harris and Tony Pollard, for example. Well, the other thing, too, Especially is, I mean, and, and when you have a very limited offense, you're going to give a lot of touches to your star players. And realistically, as long as he can get healthy, there's always an incredible chance for him and Kyle Pitts to – you know, accumulate a lot of stats, especially you have a Falcons team where the defense is going to get blown out. So you're going to have an, an, an offense that's just going to get a lot of garbage yards near the end of a game as well. So you have both, you have two amazing players that people can honestly take advantage of and then play them when they play a team like the Jaguars or the Giants, like other garbage teams that they can really compete against. And as far as I know, Atlanta hasn't added any running backs. So I'm just kind of like, I'm sitting here at, Average draft position, 91. Again, mid-eighth mm-hmm. round, somewhere in there. And Cordero Patterson sitting on the board. That's a great RB3 if you already have two running backs. He's a great mm-hmm. flex option. And in a pinch, he's a really good RB2 option. Yep. All right, know. who else you got? A lot of people think that he might draft. I don't know if any yeah. drop or drop in production. I don't know if you guys think that, but I definitely don't. I think mm-hmm. he will very slightly. I don't think it will be... Like, dramatic. Like, I wouldn't... I definitely would call him a sleeper for his ADP value right now. But mm-hmm. I do think he will drop just because of how bad the Atlanta offense will be. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't... I don't have high hopes for that offense at all. Like, certain people on it will, I think, do well where they're being drafted, like Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And I think Cordero Patterson will be a viable option for you. I just don't think you should necessarily reach for him. I think you have to be very careful where you draft him and how you use him. No, it's absolutely like where he's being drafted is the value. I wouldn't say take him in the fifth round, but no, if he's no. dropping all the way to the eighth or the ninth round, I'm definitely going to try to take him. That's, I think that's even that I think sense. is too high. Mm-hmm. I, I think don't. The eighth... for a top 20 PPR running back. Yeah. I don't think he'll be that this year though. I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. I don't know. (laughs) I I just don't. I had to tell you, I don't have high hopes for this Atlanta offense. That's Mm -hmm. fine. That's fine. I mean, he (laughs) shined in a struggling Atlanta offense last year. I'm fine saying that he'll probably shine in a struggling Atlanta offense this year. Mm -hmm. Moving on to another guy who's ADP 100, who I think is actually going to get more touches and his efficiency will probably stay the same. Dallas Cowboys running back not named Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard has had his role increase in the first two years that he's been 
in Dallas, and it's been a steady increase. He's always, always gotten more touches. He continues to get more touches. And in camp, he's looked better than Zeke has. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys paid Zeke a lot of money. They're still going to play him. But Zeke often misses time, and even when Zeke doesn't miss time, Tony Pollard's a really good RB3 going in average draft position 100. Mm-hmm. And when Zeke re- misses time, Tony Pollard becomes an RB1 because of the fact that the Dallas Cowboys run the football. It's part of their offense. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. At the very least, Tony Pollard's a really good RB3. If Zeke is hurt and Tony Pollard's the main back, he's a very, very good RB2 and a decent RB1. I would look for him at the 8th to 10th round level. I will. The only concern I have with him is just health, is just staying healthy. Because he definitely has been injured a lot. So that's where if if he's available in the 8th round pick and there really isn't much in the 8th round and, they're, and you can kind of see where everyone's drafting, I would say even take a risk and maybe wait for the later rounds to see who else he can pick up especially everybody else might be full at running back as well, only because it's you just have to be careful because he is an injured player a lot. You know, he can definitely – he's a very efficient runner, but it really depends because it depends on how that Cowboys offensive line does too. That's fair. I think the Cowboys always have a really good offensive line. Nothing's changed there. I think they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was Again, it? Uh, their, their guard – has it hasn't had Zach, a holding call he Martin. has like six holding calls over a 12-year career that's insane he's had five seasons with zero of them yeah zach martin's an absolute animal him and quentin nelson are two of the best offensive linemen in the league and they don't get mm-hmm. enough appreciation for what they do yep my eighth pick here is alan lazard average yeah. draft position of 103 he's wide mm-hmm. receiver two on a depleted green bay packers roster and I don't think Sammy Watkins really takes away from the targets that Alan Lazard is actually going to pick up this year. He's still got Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. He's a big, deep ball threat. He's gotten better at running routes. I think Alan Lazard could take a big step up. Again, if you find Alan Lazard sitting there in the eighth round, you're probably going to get a guy in a PPR who can get you 10 to 20 points a game. And I think that's incredibly valuable as a backup receiver or a flex option. At any given week, he could also go off as well, especially if his repertoire with with uh, Aaron Rodgers gets better throughout the season, especially when you get to desperation. Because at the very end of it, you're going to find yourself a game where Aaron Rodgers might just feed the ball to him because that's who he has probably the best chemistry with. So definitely there will be games that if you play him, at least the volume of, of the targets he's going to get is definitely going to help you out a lot. And I can see Kyle looking at me like I'm an idiot, so I would really love to hear his opinion here. I don't necessarily agree that you're an idiot. I just don't think <laughs> he... I'm very iffy on Alan Lazard, only because I don't know if he will be the one Green Bay that uh, Aaron Rodgers chooses to be his new Devante. And I'm not sure if it will be uh, Cushion Watson or not. Or if it will be Alan Lazard. And that's where I'm like, so it's not, so where he's being drafted, yes. I think you absolutely take that chance. And I think he absolutely will be a sleeper for that. Because we won't know until the season starts who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to. Yep. But like the only reason why I'm like, I don't know if I want to take that risk is because I'm not confident that he is the one Aaron Rodgers is choosing. So I wouldn't be confident in Christian Watson this year. He's one of my favorite receivers in this draft. It was a very deep receiver class. But Christian Watson is by all means a project receiver. 
Yeah, he's got mm-hmm. the DK Metcalf build where he's 6'3", 230, and can run a straight line. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily say he was even as polished as DK was coming out, and DK wasn't polished when he was coming out. I don't you think can he's also... polished now. So when it yeah. comes to Christian Watson, I wouldn't expect him to take away targets from Alan Lazard, especially right away. Maybe later in the season it becomes a problem, but I don't see that happening year one. Also look at Devontae Adams. It took him... It was like three or four seasons until he became who he was. And Aaron Rodgers was still his quarterback throughout the whole time. So any rookie wide receiver is almost guaranteed that they're not going to have that much of a production, that much production, just because that's how Aaron Rodgers is. Like it takes a lot of time to develop receivers with Rodgers, especially. Also, let's be clear. No one's replacing Devontae Adams in that offense. They're going to need no. to distribute the ball around to make sure that offense is actually effective. There will not Unless be they got a, Kenny Galladay. There will not be a 15-target receiver in Green Bay this year. It just won't happen. All right, Steve. All right. That's it. I cannot with this anymore. I cannot with you anymore. Uh, can't wait to see you this weekend. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm sure. I bet it will. Listen, mm-hmm. boys, Kyle, you're actually going to like my next sleeper mm-hmm. uh, because he's going to be Daniel Jones's favorite target this year, and his average draft position is 110, which is close to the 10th round. It's in the early 9th. Mm-hmm. Every opposing CB. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Any defense Daniel Jones faces. No. No. Kadarius wow. Tony is absolutely going to go yep. nuts as long as he stays mm-hmm. healthy. Yep. Like, I think Kadarius Tony could be a top 20 PPR wide receiver this year just based on the fact that he's going to be Daniel Jones's favorite target. He plays in the slot. He's very good after the catch. And at times last year, he looked very, very good. That's when he was healthy. You take the injury risk with Kadarius Tony because of that upside, and especially when if you're getting him in the late ninth round, early, mid, late ninth, you should probably take that risk. Yep. I actually think Kadarius Tony is going to be absolutely amazing this year. I think also you're going to have, I mean, Tony can definitely go deep. He could probably run definitely near the middle of the field. You're going to have Kenny Galladay that soon is going to be abandoned, hopefully, by Daniel Jones. You have Slayton, who's definitely, I think, can probably fit in a very good slot role. And But you just have Tony being able to kind of be an everything guy. Even see him maybe even throwing in some jet sweeps that they want to get fancy with their offense. Because a Jeff Sweep's better than sneak than a quarterback sneak on third and eight. So I think Tony definitely has a lot of potential for this season. I'll give that to Kyle. One player to maybe be excited about. <laughs> One? Absolutely not. I can name about two others that I think. Yeah, he's talking about <laughs> Evan, he's talking about Evan <laughs> Neely, Kayvon Thibodeau, who almost had his ACL torn no, I'm by saying, Moss. I'm saying fantasy value. Fantasy value. <laughs> oh, right, right, that right, I think right. will be better. I think there's a That's lot why you should draft Tyra though. Taylor, too. No, if you are smart, <laughs> you do not draft Tyra Taylor. No. If you have any sense no, of the play, do not long. draft Tyra Taylor. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, headed into the number 10, boys. This is a name that's probably on absolutely nobody's radar at this point in time. Uh, his name is James Cook. He's a running back in Buffalo. He was a run, yep. uh, taken there by the Bills. Th- uh, he's essentially going to be their third down back. He's going to be their pass catching back. So if you're playing in a PPR league, he can be a very, very good bi-week running back. So you got mm-hmm. a back who's on a bye week you need, you're in a pinch, take James Cook, going to be a pass catching back in Buffalo, going to be a guy that runs when it's third down and two. Mm-hmm. 
you have in PPR leagues. Let me make sure this is very clear. We play a 12-man PPR, and that's what I'm basing this off of. James Cook can be a very, very good back for you, especially if you can pick him up in the later rounds of your draft. I mean, one thing you look at it as well, you see a Bills team that Josh, Josh Allen is becoming a very smart quarterback. So now you start getting into – you look at some of the bigger games of the season. You have teams like Kansas City or like Cincinnati or even the Patriots that you have – you're going to have a lot of focus on your big-name receivers. So that is a recipe for a third-down catching running back to potentially go off. Because if you're just going down the field with get with Davis and, and, and Diggs and you're matching a linebacker against him – that's a lot of matchups that are in his favor, especially for someone that can be pretty speedy right in the, right in the slot or even uh, be a nice little check down or even like a – or a uh, – uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? A sweep or anything like that. So definitely in these big games, if you have a bye week and like the Bills have to go up against, you know, potentially like the Chiefs or the Patriots, definitely he's got a good chance to go off. That's the a- – that's the thing is the weapons around him are going to help him because Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, all mm-hmm. those guys attract attention. OJ Howard. and OJ Howard too now. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. James Cook is going to go sneakily under the radar for most of those games. Nobody's going to game plan for it. And he can very much end up in that James White role that the Patriots had for so many years that I think Ty Montgomery is going to fill now. Mm-hmm. So looking for James Cook in your later rounds. I'm going to move on to my honorable mentions. We don't have to talk Before about this Before you do that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm actually really pissed that you just said James Cook because he was someone I was going to try and draft in our league on Saturday. We're all looking at you him. You didn't have to I say thought, that. You didn't yeah. have to say I, that. No, you I had to say that because it's important for, every, for our listeners to know how valuable the James Cook is. I want them So to that know. can be your excuse. It's like, I lost the league because of James Cook. Kyle, you lost the league because you won three games. He is the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, so I see him being a future starter in this league at some point. Let's just hope injuries don't run in the family. Yikes. Oh, yeah. But, but Jake, (laughs) I do think he will be a superstar in in a couple years, so I do think that is a very valuable pick. James Cook also has the eighth easiest running back schedule as it stands now with the Bills. So... um, he should have a quite a few times to be able to go off for that. If Josh Allen quickly finds him reliable with hands, mm-hmm. he's going to be, and if he can carve out, I think he's got to prove really quickly to Josh Allen. And from everything I've heard from training games that he's looking really good. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can prove he's got solid hands and he can run, you know, they're probably going to have him out of the bathroom running routes and stuff like that. If he can do all of that, like his brother does, um, then he'll quickly establish him as that third down back, and then he can start to work himself into that maybe even second or first on occasion. Um, maybe even take out that role from uh, who are the Devin other two? They've got? Yeah, Devin Singletary mm-hmm. and um, it's just Devin. Think- Zach Moss is RB three right now. Yeah. Right. So, or did he leave? I forget. I think he's I still right- there. I know no, Ray- he's still there. Singl- it's Singletary, Cook, and then the third back. Right, but even yeah. last year we saw it where like, okay, it was going to be Singletary. Oh no! Then they switched halfway through. Like they couldn't figure it out last year because neither one was doing all that great. Yeah. Um. So I think if he establishes himself as that receiving back, that like he's got that role on lock early, then the rest of your season could look really well because I wouldn't see it taking long for him to carve out number one status. That's a fact. Also hope that the that the Bills take advantage of this easy run schedule so that 
Josh Allen can definitely tone it back on how much he puts his body on the line. So at least there's less of a scare when playoff comes where they're going to need Josh Allen to go crazy. Yeah, but I'm going to want him again. So I kind of want him to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Austin, you can tell him and let him know. I'm moving on to the honorable mention section. We're not going to discuss these as much. They're just guys that I personally am like, this is too low. Uh, Jacoby Myers is coming in under all of those receivers at ADP 136. Mm -hmm. And so Mac Jones' security blanket is good for five to eight catches a game. I don't see why you wouldn't want the constant 12 to 18 points in a PPR for Jacoby Myers. If he's there sitting in the 11th round, absolutely take him. I also think Jalen Hurts with an improved passing offense and his running ability at ADP 65 is kind of low. Uh, just, two honorable, for sure. just two honorable mm-hmm. mentions. Honestly, in fantasy, he's a decent QB1. He was QB9 mm-hmm. last year, yep. so it's not mm-hmm. bad. I think he can probably sit right around that now mm-hmm. and with an improved passing game has the upside to go better than that. Yep. And now you got guys to stay away from. Nick's going to absolutely hate my first player on the board here. Yeah. Average draft position 13, Alvin Kamara with a six-game suspension looming. Stay yep. far away from Alvin Kamara. Also, his production dropped last year without Drew Brees, and I think that continues. And yeah. no Peyton. And no Sean Payton. Yes, you do not have uh, that kind of offensive genius that's Sean Payton there for sure. I will say that a lot of these are running backs that are just being drafted way too high. Yep. The second Ezekiel one. Elliott. I forget if we <laughs> no, actually brought actually up this. No, actually, Zeke pl- isn't on this list. Wow. <laughs> really? He's not being drafted that high. Okay. Uh, Leonard Fournette, ADP 21. You're talking mm. late second round for <sighs> Leonard Fournette. Mm, and that's risky. They took that a- rookie, too. He had a really yeah. good year last year. They did draft a rookie. They lost Rojo, but Rojo didn't contribute much last he's year. He's so. rarely ever stayed healthy for a full season, which is also the same thing with Alvin Kamara. He's rarely stayed healthy for a full season. Leonard Fournette is more high risk, high reward. I just wouldn't draft him in the middle of your second round in a twelve man league. I just no. wouldn't do it. I, I would say he the upside that he does have. Without Gronkowski on that team, he's definitely going to be a check down or final option for Brady because that's someone that Brady really likes. But you also have Giovanni Bernard and uh, the rookie, and, yeah, and Vaughn. Vaughn hey, actually, been, yeah, well, Vaughn actually showed some good, great flashes in the playoffs, especially against the Eagles got- too. The Bucks just also have way too many weapons. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. absolutely insane. I like I just don't see his production being as high. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for a younger running back, a much younger running back than the last two. Javante Williams' average draft position is at twenty six, meaning high third round in your twelve man PPRs, and he's still got split carries in Denver with Melvin Gordon. So yep. stupid. Plus, he's got Russell Wilson now, who's never really utilized his backs in the passing game. He only has when his head coach has forced the running game. And so I'm just not I'm not high, I'm not that high on Javante Williams. I think he's a good mm-hmm. fantasy option. I don't think he's early third round good fantasy mm-hmm. option. I think the problem is we're ba- they're basing it off of his talent, which is enormous, but he's not mm-hmm. in the best situation. No, he's absolutely yep. not in the best situation. No, he's not. Another running. I told you a lot of these are running backs. The first five yeah. are running backs. 
The next one at average draft position of 28. Again, high to mid third round. I know this player had a really good year last year. James Conner going higher than Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley in PPR leagues. Absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Absolutely uh -oh. atrocious. Nick's about yeah, to get oh, some Nick's trash on here. Nick's not what I said uh -oh. about Alvin Kamara. He's about to All right. go, go on, Nick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Uh -oh. Go ahead. Uh, I have a question. What? Who's <laughs> trash take is saying Alvin Kamara is drafted <laughs> too early? Excuse me. I tune into the podcast on my way home and hear this god-awful take that Alvin Kamara is drafted too early. How dare you? All right, guys. Tight. That's tight. He's taking him. You can have him. Yeah, you can have him with his six-game suspension looming. His yep. six-game suspension, I shouldn't even be saying this, has been confirmed to be pushed back to at least next year if it even happens. So get yeah, we'll on my happens. level. Yeah, is, we'll see. He we'll is see. playing week one. He is playing all season. That's Traffic. great. He can, he's injured for four games a year. Hey, mm -hmm. and guess who had six touchdowns who tied the NFL record not even two years ago? So get it on his Brees. level. Mm -hmm. Drew Brees didn't run those touchdowns in, Jake. Drew Brees allowed him to have space. <laughs> also, also didn't have didn't have a smart of a coach, to too. He doesn't no, have a smart Devontae, of a coach, Devontae Williams, by the way, is the bell cow for that team. Melvin Gordon will become the receiving back. He's too old. That's all I got to say. driving. Nobody needs your trash takes around here. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Jake. I can't wait for you to be last in the league again. Sorry. No. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh. That's okay. I can't wait for Nick to lose to me again. I can't yeah. wait for Nick to be last in the league. Mm. <laughs> First and foremost, uh, I was not last in the league. No, that was second to last. Um, yeah, yeah. Was I, was, I think that was Riley. That was, I was no, middle that was of Riley or her pack and decided to meme because I only like to win championships or lose. Uh, yeah. I traded away my entire team for Kyler Murray for funds. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Kyle traded away his whole team thinking he would win. <laughs> yeah. Now, mm -hmm. I got to James Conner at that's average draft position 28. Way too high, especially if he's going ahead of Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. There's absolutely oh, zero chance to be having that. Uh, another guy that I just I don't see the value is Brees Hall at ADP 53. Uh, he's splitting carries with at least one other back in Michael Carter, and he's a rookie. I mm -hmm. don't, I don't like drafting rookies that high, especially when they're not guaranteed to play. What and team Brees is he Hall, on? He's on the Jets. Jets. Oh yeah, the Jets. Okay, well that offense. And their offensive not... line is awful. I was gonna yeah. say my problem is each year there's always gonna be one rookie running back that is win could win you a championship if you pick him right. Like I did that with Zeke when he was a rookie. Zeke went off. Mm -hmm. I did that. Uh, who else did it with? I can't remember. Um, so obviously people did it with yeah. Alvin Kamara when he came in. Thing is, you have to like find that diamond, figure out who's going to be that, who's got the best situation. The reason Zeke went off his first year is he had some talent, but he had freaking Zach Martin and the other three beasts of an offensive lineman. I literally think they had oh, they all all and... offensive linemen. They did. They <laughs> literally did that year. It was it was just dirty. Like there was just he had like 15 feet of running room every every. Uh, carry so I agree with you. I don't see Brees Hall. I, okay, I think he has the talent. 
I would say if any running back's going to be better, even though the Seahawks suck, I think Kenneth Walker's going to be better than um, uh, Brees Hall, even though he's, Chris Carson's still there, isn't he? No, he retired no, because of his oh, neck. Oh, that's right. So then I would say Kenneth Walker. I actually wanted to bring this up, so we can quickly touch on the rookie running backs in a minute. Um, but finish out your... Yeah, just running through them quickly. I mean, Jerry Judy's at ADP 56. I think that's too high considering Cortland Sutton has outperformed them their entire careers. Uh, Judy is ahead of Brandon Cooks right now, even though Cooks always gives 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns every year. Judy is an injury risk, and he was wide receiver 85 last season, so going ADP 56 just makes no sense. He did also have... I don't care who he had. He was wide receiver 85. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's it's still Julak. It does it. It does. Julak's <laughs> literally so bad. But it's not wide receiver 85 bad. Mm-hmm. Like, not sorry about that. <laughs> I think he's going to be better. I-, I think he's top 40 this year. I don't know if he should be as drafted as high as you're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, ADP 56 is just way too high. That's like Jerry Judy could be a very, very good wide receiver four, wide receiver five option on a fantasy team, but anything higher than that, I'm not sold on. Did you just eat shit on the table? <laughs> Sorry, Maria literally no, just okay. ran face first into the table. It's okay. And let's talk about Antonio Gibson. Yes. ADP 67. And really, all I have to say is he's in jeopardy of losing his starting spot in Washington. Don't draft this man. Don't don't draft this man if you want to win. Don't draft him. You also have to Ryan Robinson. You also have to remember. Sorry, sorry, go go. ahead, Steve. No, go ahead. Well, you have to remember too that it was the 2020 season. A lot of his uh, production came near the end of the season, especially like his big blowout, his big breakout game was against really a Cowboys team that just lost all focus. It was a complete shit show. So. Gibson still has shown it's definitely like a he's shown flashes, so that's enough to put him higher because running backs is so heavily valued in fantasy, especially. But yeah, just be careful because you have a gunslinger now as your quarterback, so it's definitely gonna be tougher. And they don't have a great offensive line either, so he might if he can if you like. How about nobody drafts him, and if he catches a couple balls week one. Pick him up on the and, and wave. Yeah, what do you want? I'm just doing You're the podcast. Yes, <laughs> she's literally. Guys, say hi, to, say hi to say hi to Giselle. Hi, Giselle. Yeah, she's, she's adorable. She is adorable. She's it's just her okay. breath. Her breath smells really bad, so she's just breathing <laughs> in my direction. It's all right. We're gonna move on to number eight, mm. and I actually think I'm gonna take a lot of heat for this. Uh, ADP ninety nine. So drafting, getting drafted ahead of some of the guys I mentioned earlier, including Jacoby Myers and a couple other running backs, including Damian Harris and Tony Pollard, is wide receiver Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons, who yeah. has, is already the second option behind Kyle Pitts, has already had an injury, and is a very tall athletic jump ball receiver. And I will say this about Drake London. He's one of my favorite receivers coming out of this class because of that fact. He has a history of injuries at USC, which is why he dropped in the, which is why he was thought to be dropping in the draft. Was picked number eight overall by the Falcons. And he has Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. This isn't Marcus Mariota slander; it's his type of play, Andrew. Don't worry. 
that Marcus Mariota just doesn't like throwing jump balls. He doesn't like putting the ball in danger in the 50-50 situations. Even though Drake London is 6-4, it's just not what Marcus Mariota does. If Desmond Ritter plays later in the year and Drake London is healthy, he'll probably start looking better then because Desmond Ritter will take those shots. But I don't see Drake London's production matching a even bench fantasy wide receiver in a PPR. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad take because he is injury prone. He literally got drafted with an injury, came off that injury, and got injured. So like, yeah. So, yeah. Second option, injured on a very limited passing game, uh, on a, on a team that's team. on an atrocious team. Yeah, the fact that it's he's taken high that he's valued potentially higher than Jacoby Myers, even like. Kendrick Bourne. I mean, just, we're talking think, three rounds higher than Jacoby Myers. That is unfortunately sometimes fantasy football doesn't know what they're talking about, and maybe they miss a couple games, unfortunately. But it's okay. That's because we really hate the Patriots. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> also, moving into another running back, he had a really good end of the season last year, but is going way too high. He's going around the same time. Uh, Damian. Guys like Damian Harris and Tony Pollard are going, and I don't see his season panning out the same way. Rashad Penny's going ADP 107, so only about half a round behind Damian Harris and Tony Pollard. He had a really good last five weeks of last season. Yes, he's shown some promise, but he's also splitting carries with rookie Kenneth Walker. Maybe not to start the year, but by the end of the year, I think Kenneth Walker's talent really shines. And he's not a pass-catching running back, and in PPRs, that can be a little bit of a limiting and this, factor. He was Seahawks? Up, yeah, yeah, he's RB38 <laughs> currently. I don't by see him being... Three, I don't see him being that high. By week three, he'll be on the IR again, so... He also oh has gosh. an injury problem. <laughs> you also, I mean, again, now you have potentially a second or third string running back on a terrible team, and an immensely... The worst team and the hardest, the toughest division... Going up against three teams that now have pretty solid run defenses. He's got yeah. Aaron Donald twice. <laughs> Aaron Donald's just going to turn him into a dumpling. I don't know. He's just going to wrap yeah. him up in some don't dough and early, just boil too? him. What's up? Don't the Rams play the early? early? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, he's going to get hurt against Aaron Donald in that defense early. And, then and Bobby Wagner, for, too. Right. For, like, seven weeks or something like that. And then Kenneth Walker will be the one taking over. I also and like this Kenneth isn't, Walker. Meyer. This isn't a slight at Rashad Penny. I actually really like Rashad Penny as a running back. I just think his situation is awful behind the Seattle line, and they drafted Kenneth Walker. So I don't, I just don't see the value being there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And let's get to my last one. This quarterback is being drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Justin Field, Justin Fields, and Jameis Winston, to name a few. He's a first-year starter, and his oh, name is no. Trey Lance. I know. Uh, oh, he's average okay. draft position 111. Again, getting picked ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence, who's a good fantasy quarterback. He really didn't – he played well. The Jaguars didn't play well last year. Kirk Cousins, who is actually a really good fantasy he quarterback. He was top people 10 just don't, in almost oh, every category last season. People yeah. just don't understand that. Uh, Derek Carr is going to be a very good fantasy quarterback this year my, with my projections. Justin Fields he's, runs around a lot always good. and is a decent fantasy quarterback. I'm also not sold on Trey Lance. I said it when he came out of the draft. I've kept mm-hmm. saying it, and the reports out of camp have only 
confirmed that he's really mm-hmm. not that great. So here's the thing with Trey Lance. With him, it's the issue is accuracy. So I would say I would believe this hype if the reports came out of camp was, wow, he's starting to work on accuracy. But literally his coach is saying, oh, some days he's great, some days he sucks. And I know there's a lot of potential on this team, but if you're struggling with accuracy on a team that's more run first anyways, you're really going to – I really struggle with taking him over, especially, I mean, come on, against – over Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr especially, like those are two potential – any given week could actually creep into the top five QB talk realistically. Like they have in fantasy football, not in fantasy. Well, and actually too, it depends on the week, but like they have the potential. It really depends. But like if Kirk cousins with a, and actually Derek Carr with much better offensive coaches with incredible weapons. Yeah. It's I, I just, and don't get me wrong. I get the fantasy upside with Trey Lance being able to run. But even when he was coming out of the draft, the biggest thing was, oh, this guy's arm is absolutely insane. Then we get reports out of the camp that it's a decent to pretty good NFL arm. Like, it's it's good. It's better than mm-hmm. average, but it's not as insane as everybody thought it was. This is why you don't draft a guy who played 12 games at North Dakota State, <laughs> third overall. Yep. This is why you don't do that. Um. Yeah, definitely not third overall. I would say yeah. for him... It also depends, again, which kind of league you're in. For us, it makes absolutely no sense because if he's inaccurate, our league has plus points for completions and negative points for incompletions. A negative yep. quarterback or an, a, an inaccurate quarterback will screw you every week Oh, absolutely. Um, because they could lose you 15 points. We've all had it happen or even more. The obviously mm-hmm. that if you, have an, if you have an inaccurate quarterback who's missing 15 times more than what they're completing, Guess what they're also probably doing? Throwing interceptions, which is yep. more negative points. So we've all been screwed by it. Mm-hmm. In a standard league or even a standard PPR league, with his running ability and not having any problem with inaccuracy unless it's a, an interception, you're probably okay with it. But how long is he going to hold his starting position? Mm-hmm. Will he hold it that long? Who knows? It all depends. If he's not doing well and the team's sucking, they're going to hand it right back to Jimmy G. So. Let I mean, if you're looking at a schedule... Oh, sorry. No, just let me put it this way. Everybody yeah. thinking that Trey Lance is going to have this Mahomes-esque second year in the league and all the tape and looked at Trey Lance. Cards. I think they had oh, like, 1,300 yards of offense combined. Yeah, it was absolutely yeah, it was insane. Both of them, like, balled out. And, of course, Mayfield just won because he had the better team. But, like, Mahomes mm. almost took down Oklahoma with a much worse team. You knew he was going to be pretty decent. For, also, for those that don't know, Texas Tech is famous for having one of the worst defenses in college football every yep. year. I think they've recently changed that, but when mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes was there, they were consistently like one of the worst defenses in college football. Yep. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, too, if you were to look back at the reports from camp of Patrick Mahomes, If you look back at the reports of Bachelor Holmes at camp, he was immensely better. He had much more positive feedback and results, and people were raving about him during training camp or during practices compared to Trey Lance. Trey Lance is pretty straightforward. It's what we're concerned about. The accuracy is not there. For Bachelor Holmes, it's like, wow, he's, he's got a strong arm. He's, he's starting a gunsling. He also had a much better mentor 
with Alex Smith because even though Jimmy Garoppolo is a great is well not great but he has he's definitely a very serviceable quarterback. He definitely definitely was not the mentor that Alex Smith was. That's a fact. Yeah. And that ends my top mm-hmm. 10 sleepers, 12 sleepers and 10 guys to stay away from. We're going to go into a segment before we end about your top what ifs in NFL history. Yeah. For us, it's probably going to be things in the last 20 years. We're all around the same age of 24, 25. So I'm going to let Andrew go first. Andrew, give me your biggest what if in NFL history. Also, guys, tell me if you thought that list was great. Tell me if you thought it sucked. Go ahead in the comments. You will be able to find it. Just let me know. I liked it. <laughs> I did too. Um, my biggest what if is the uh, Rams and Saints NFC Conference Championship game, uh, where that pass interference call should have happened, and it was a blatant pass interference call that was never called. What if the mm-hmm. Saints actually had achieved that accomplishment of having that called? Would that have been the biggest game changer? Would the Saints have scored? Would mm-hmm. the Saints have been in the Super Bowl? Like, and now you Saints, have... Was the, was the Pats in that Super Bowl? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah we beat the Rams 13. Uh, then Breeze yeah. would have choked. Um... Here's the thing, though. The Saints had a much more experienced and smarter quarterback than Goff. I also had a much, even though I love Sean Payton, or I love... Um, uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Sean Payton has been to Super Bowl before and definitely can handle these high-pressure situations, so it would have been a much closer game, for sure. Austin, give me your biggest what-if in NFL history. My biggest what if, because uh, I know some of the other ones are going to come up, so I'm going to go with one that I don't think anybody else is taking. What if Big Bad Bo Jackson never got hurt? Ooh. That is actually a really good one. I wasn't even thinking that far back. I've got a couple, but. Mm-hmm. Because that man, one, I, one, I wish he had picked one sport, and I kind of wish it had been baseball. I mean, I love football. We would have seen, I think, insanity from that man. I don't know. There was a recent clip going around of him throwing from left field all the way to first base. And my God, that was a cannon. Like, I mean, it literally... Man should have played quarterback. Honestly. Man should have played quarterback. I'll have to show you guys that. I don't know if I can find it again. But literally, he threw it from like midway out there. So it's not like super far. He was decently deep. But it literally was just a straight laser. There was no arc on it all the way from out in left field to first base. It was just all the way across. And the camera's like, whoo! So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wish I would have been able to see what had happened to him because we would have catched the end of it. When was he playing? 90s, right? Uh, I think it was 90s. 80s, mm-hmm. 90s era, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 90s. I don't think it was as early as 80s. Um, I think it was 90s. But either way, he probably would have been playing, at least in the MLB, close to around the time we would have been born, maybe able to catch some of him. So um, I think that would have been cool. But even if he had done both or just eventually picked – football either way if he never got hurt it would have been insane to see that man play mm-hmm. absolutely justin give me your biggest what if in nfl history all right so i'm definitely a pats focused person similar to like the big one what if brady was never into football but more of something what if drew bloodstone never got injured you took oh. life man. <laughs> that's so good because yeah. that would have still had brady in football but he wouldn't have been the starter that turned into the GOAT. 
That's a mm -hmm. fact. Kyle, what is your biggest what if in NFL history? So, I need to do a little bit of a backstory on this. So, a couple years ago, a photo surfaced on the World Wide Web on Twitter of several Giants player, players. <laughs> <laughs> and since that picture, the Giants. Oh, 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 the one on, on the, yeah, the banana boat, brother. No, no, so that's not banana boat. Um, the, the yacht pic picture. Yeah, the yacht picture. Since that yacht. Well, picture, they went from yacht boys to banana boats. <laughs> the Giants have started 0 3 every single year since that picture was taken. <laughs> so, my biggest what if, since, since also the year prior to that was the last time the Giants had made the playoffs. So, that being said, I think they my took biggest that what if. They took that in the playoffs. Like, they took the that game. before the playoff game. <laughs> Yep. I'm aware, but still, what if Odell never took that picture? Odell probably may have still been a giant for the past couple of years. Maybe he didn't break his uh, ankle. <laughs> yeah. Would have at least uh, played Eli's last couple seasons on the Giants. So I don't think if that picture was taken, I don't think the criticism would have gotten to Odell's head. I don't think... Uh, he would have left the Giants as soon as he did, which means Eli and the Giants would have had better records, which means they don't draft Daniel Jones. So mm -hmm. I don't know where the Giants necessarily would be, but I do think that honestly godforsaken stupid picture has actually <laughs> led to some of the issues the Giants have today. Mm -hmm. It's stupid. Yeah, that's, as a, that's a good place to uh, blame it. It's a good, good thing to blame it on. The curse yeah. of the yeah. <laughs> I am blaming the curse, the, not the incompetent coaching or management. No, I'm blaming the damn photo. That's oh my, my biggest what if. Okay, Steve, <laughs> give me your biggest what if in NFL history. There are so, I mean, there's like very basic ones like in the Super Bowl or whatnot. But honestly, I'm going to say, what if after the 2019 season, the Patriots made an actual offer and traded for Stefan Diggs. Okay. Like so what it. if we got ourselves a true number one right wide receiver and then uh, I, I, I think it was O.J. Howard was a free agent as well. Uh, I'll have to look back and see because there were some cheap uh, offensive pieces for free agents. But what if we did that? What if Bill Belichick actually put in an effort to get Tom Brady some weapons? And if he would have stayed, how that would have how how that would have changed? Would that twenty nineteen defense? If that twenty nine, because a lot of the twenty nineteen defense we could have kept. If Brady stayed, a lot of the players would have stayed as well, for sure. Because that's what like Kyle Vanoy, Jamie Collins, especially, and Deron Harmon, and a lot of other players definitely would have had the motivation to stay. So I'm just thinking, what, what if Belichick actually? What's up? Jimmy Collins was traded before that Super Bowl, though, wasn't he? Nope. Yeah, he was he... traded to the Lions. No, 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 no. we got him back before. Uh, for Did the 2019 he... season, we got him back, right? Or was he, it 2020? He... No, no, no. So it was, we got him back for the 2021 uh, season. The thing is, is that he was a free agent that season. Oh. He went to the Lions, he was signed by the Lions. So we had a lot of uh, defensive players that were free agents, but we had. 
we had a chance to either get Hopkins or Stephon Diggs. And considering the trade that, especially, actually, I don't even think about the Texans, what the Texans gave up to get Hopkins would have been a steal. Wasn't it like David Johnson well. and a second round pick? Yep. <laughs> oh my God. So just thinking, just something in just what if Belichick put an effort to get offensive pieces next year? Or the or over that off season. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the liberty and do three. I'm gonna dip into my football history knowledge here. I'm gonna go recent to uh, most recent to oldest. Mm-hmm. First of all, what if RG three never gets hurt? Because that dude yep. was looking like he was gonna take over the league for an entire season there. I think the what were the Redskins at the time? It probably. They probably still have RG3 as their quarterback right now if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, he rushed back in, ruined his knee, and it was game over for him. I mean, we love RG3 on this on this uh, podcast, so no RG3 slander. He was an absolute goat. I remember watching him at Baylor. There was he like also a liked one of our tweets. There, yeah, yep. he liked one of our tweets once. It was awesome. There we is, like his Twitter. There was, a, there was a stretch of seven games at Baylor where he didn't throw an incomplete pass. Yep. Y'all remember that? Because mm-hmm. I do vividly. <laughs> that man was insane. Mm-hmm. My other bigger, what? Uh, my second most recent. So, what if Brett Favre doesn't get traded from the Falcons? What if he never ends up in Green Bay? Because Ooh. most people don't remember that Brett Favre was drafted by the Falcons in the second round. Everybody just thinks he was mm-hmm. in Green Bay his entire career. That is not true. Brett Favre sat mm-hmm. on the bench in Atlanta for a year and then got traded to mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers. The Packers probably never win a Super Bowl. The Falcons probably never draft Mike Vick because Brett Favre was in the prime of his career in 2002. I think that's when Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Vick was drafted. Yep. And I think the Falcons probably won a Super Bowl during that time because Brett Favre was a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I can't assume that he wouldn't win one in Atlanta. And think about Aaron Rodgers' career, how much that has affected as well. Not being able to sit and be mentored by Brett Favre for a year as he's well. He's probably never even drafted by the Packers at that point. I mean, mm-hmm. he slid all the way down to 25. I don't know if the Packers are even there because they wouldn't have had Brett Favre. They would have taken one of the other quarterbacks in the in the draft, probably in 04. But, yep. Okay, I'm dipping real back. I want to see where one. you go with this one. Yeah, Fucking, me too. Uh, Super Bowl three. What if Ooh. Joe Namath doesn't win the Super Bowl? Whoa. You're talking about Joe Namath never makes the Hall of Fame. The Jets don't get their first Super Bowl. <laughs> All the stuff that would affect if Joe Namath doesn't win that Super Bowl is absolutely asinine. And Joe, and imagine that, a loss to destroy the reputation of Joe Namath, who, this man is so legendary. Steve Harry looked this man and on live TV said, you, want, you made me want to become a pimp. <laughs> he was in the NFL top 100 for the NFL 100 season. He was voted the best, the greatest football character of all time. Let me be very, very clear about my thoughts about Joe Namath. He mm. does not belong in the Hall of Fame. Nope. He is a below 500 quarterback in his career, and he has a higher t- uh, intercept. He has more interceptions than he does touchdowns. He's solely in the Hall of Fame for the fact that he called the Super Bowl win in Super Bowl three. If the Jets don't win that game, I actually think Joe Namath is irrelevant. But mm-hmm. here we are today. And, boys, with that, are we good to conclude? I, I think, think the so. The only other one I would say is what would happen if uh, 
actually two. I don't remember. Was OJ still playing when he had all that stuff go down? Uh, yes, I believe no. so. Mm-hmm. I no, think he no, he wasn't. Was, was no, that way after? Okay, yeah, never mind. Okay, it was after. Another okay. one similar so, to like... Oh. No, I'll just say the other one, Justin, then you can go. I was going to say another uh, one similar to the um, OJ. What if Aaron Hernandez was innocent? Because he was a good Patriot player. Ooh, I like that one. Um, yeah. the other well, one, if only he got, if only he got the help when he needed it instead of being stuck <laughs> in that community. But that's uh, a whole other thing. Austin um, would, would be yeah. what if? I guess it's kind of a two part two, the same one. But what if one Calvin Johnson ever retires at that age, and two, if he retires, came back when the Patriots were rumored to be getting him out of retirement. That's awesome. Oh my! Because that was what 2017, gosh. I think it was when they yeah, were rumored to come back out. I think we we're gonna trade Gronk for Calvin Johnson. I think that was the trade. I, I don't remember if it was. Yeah, or not, and he but... said it was, and Gronk said he retired. Yeah, Gronk said he would retire to veto the trade. <laughs> yes. But, yep. um, either I do one, have one, one was, it would have been insane. Go ahead, go mm-hmm. ahead, Kyle, go for it. What if the Giants and Chargers never swap quarterbacks? I was wondering. I thought about doing. I that thought one. that one too. I honestly think never trade for Eli Manning. I don't think the Giants have a Super Bowl if they don't trade for Eli. I agree. That one one goes with the uh, um, Drew Brees and uh, the Philip. Yeah, how's that gonna affect Drew Brees? Yeah, how does that affect Drew Brees too? (laughs) Wow. But all right, boys, this is gonna Mm -hmm. conclude episode 26 of High School Backups podcast. We've officially been doing this for half a year for y'all. We really love it. We enjoy it. And mm-hmm. just another reminder to go follow socials, high school backups on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate y'all. This will be up on Spotify very, very soon. Have a good night, y'all.